You're listening to the official Ankeny Community School District podcast, We Are Ankeny, where we're sparking conversations about all things Ankeny schools. Hello, Ankeny community. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Dr. Eric Pruitt, superintendent of Ankeny Schools, and let's talk about Memorial Day. With me today is Major Gavin Sandvik, Wayne Rood, and Laura Lichty. Major Gavin Sandig is a 29-year veteran currently serving as a Title 32 Active Guard Reserve S-4 Logistics Officer for the 2nd Brigade uh, Combat Team, 34th Infantry Division, Red Bulls, Iowa Army National Guard. Major Sandvik enlisted into the Iowa Army National Guard on January 3, 1993 in Eagle Eagle Grove, Iowa, where he grew up and graduated from high school in 1992. He served 13 years as an enlisted and non-commissioned officer, making the rank of Staff Sergeant. During that time, Major Sandvik attended the Iowa Military Academy from 2001 to 2002 and was sworn in as a second lieutenant on June 26, 2004. From 2004 until present, Major Sandvik has served in a variety of positions within the Iowa National Guard. Major Sandvik has deployed three times to contingency operations. From 2003 to 2004, he deployed to Baghdad, Iraq, part of Operation Iraqi Freedom. From 2010 to 2011, he deployed to Bagram, 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 Afghanistan, as part of the Operation Enduring Freedom. And from 2020-21, he deployed to Kosovo as part of Operation Joint Endeavor. He has received the Bronze Star uh, Meritorious Service uh, Medal twice, Army uh, Commendation Medal four times, Army Achievement Medal twice, National Defense Service Medal twice, Afghanistan Campaign Medal um, with uh, two campaign stars, Iraqi Campaign Medal with one campaign star, Global, uh, Global War on Terrorism Medal, and the NATO Medal twice. Major Sandvik moved to Ankeny in 2005, where he and his wife, Shannon, have raised Ben, a junior at AHS, Sam, a freshman at Southview, and Joy, an eighth grader at Southview. Both he and Shannon take great pride in being members of the Ankeny community, and they spend their free time watching their sons compete in football, wrestling, track, baseball uh, for the Ankeny Hawks. Welcome, Major. Thank you. We also have Wayne Rood. Uh, Wayne is the commander at the American Legion Post Number 42. He graduated high school in 1970 and planned to attend college to study electronics. Just before he was to start school, he received a letter from the President of the United States notifying him to report for induction. Wayne went into the United States Marine Corps, URAH, on October 31st, 1972. His draft number was 95, and that was the very last number to be taken in the Vietnam era draft. While Wayne was in boot camp, they ended uh, the draft. He had orders to be sent to Vietnam, but was sent to Japan instead. When his rotation was over, Wayne was ready to go back to civilian life and use the GI Bill to help pay for his college education in in electronics. He worked for 38 years for Mid-American Energy in Des Moines in the telecommunications department. Welcome, Mr. Rood. Thank you very much. We also have Laura Lichty. Laura is a teacher at Parkview Middle School and was a member of the Army National Guard for nine years. She grew up in Sanborn, Iowa, before heading to basic training and then to the 216th Transportation Company in Sheldon, Iowa, to be an 88-millimeter truck driver. 
Laura also attended Iowa State University, where she earned a bachelor's degree in general and special education while still serving her country. In 2003, Laura met her husband when her military truck was, was struck by lightning. They moved to Ankeny, where she began teaching uh, her, her teaching career in Des Moines before coming to Ankeny School District. During that time, she and her husband were deployed to Kuwait and Iraq. After nine years, Laura and her husband decided she would end her military career to take care of their family and teach. She is a sophomore at Centennial, an eighth grader at Northview, a fifth grader at Rock Creek, and a two-year-old, and is currently teaching at Parkview Middle School. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Wow. Um, it's really nice to have uh, brothers and sisters uh, in the military with me today. Really glad that you that you uh, uh, took the invitation to, to join me. So my first question is, is to you, Major. Um, what's the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day? Yeah, so they're, they're two very uh, important days uh, for service uh, men and women. Um, and I think the, the common misconception about Memorial Day versus Veterans Day is that Memorial Day is really to recognize those that have paid the ultimate sacrifice for serving our country. And uh, we honor them by, by, you know, holding services throughout the United States. And uh, we recognize those that, that served and paid the ultimate sacrifice, whereas in veterans, uh, you know, such as the three of us, the four of us that are in here today, um, you know, they, they, on Veterans Day, they recognize us for, for serving our country and st either still serving or, or, or did serve and then, uh, you know, deployed or, or had a retirement and they're considered veterans. That's the difference. Thank you. Thank you. And so um, since I've been um, a, a veteran, it's taken on different meaning, uh, meaning um, especially once I uh, finished boot camp. And, and we all know how, how our drill instructors talked about um, the military veterans and the importance of those people that um, th those service members that make that ultimate sacrifice. And so, Laura, um, when you think about mem Memorial Day, you know, what does it mean uh, to you since you've been out? For Memorial Day, it's members of the military that, I, you know, friends that I've actually lost in the military. They're my number one thought. Um, grandparent who, you know, served and has since passed away. And just all of those who have served and passed away, whether in war or peace. And Wayne, um, you are the uh, most veteran of us um, in the room. And so y you actually uh, enlisted or was drafted um, back in the 70s um, during the Vietnam War. And so you know, when you think about your service um, and uh, you know, the work that you've been engaged in, what has Memorial Day meant to you? Memorial Day is important just because like um, the, my dad, the Korean War and Vietnam or World War II veteran, uh, it was important for parades and everything we always had Memorial Day and right now with Ankeny Legion Post we put out about a thousand flags on different um, cemeteries decorating all the graves of all the veterans and stuff so it's and we have three ceremonies that day that we shoot guns and everything uh, do the 21 gun salute at so it's just an important day for uh, all of us veterans to get together and, and uh, celebrate with everybody. And so you mentioned the Legion. Can, can you just go into to let, let our listeners know, you know, what does the Legion do? Why, why, why does it exist? Well, the, the Legion was started in 1919 with World War I veterans coming back. And Ankeny was the 42nd uh, um, post organized in the state of Iowa. And 18 Ankeny people 
signed the charter uh, membership. Nankin Legion Post has uh, grown through the years. You know, it really surged up World War One, World War Two, and the Korean War, and it's starting to drop off with a lot of the service organizations. It's hard to get the younger crowd to come out and support it. But we we support all the uh, activities in town, uh, the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, uh, Boy State and Girl State, and we have fundraisers we do throughout the community and that kind of stuff. So, And the other very important thing we do is uh, the Honor Guard for funerals for a veteran who happens to die in the Ankeny area. We'd, we'll go out and do the Honor Guard uh, ceremony for the funeral. So it's... It's important, and but it's uh, it's hard to get the younger crowd to to join up anymore. Yeah, so I, I remember you and I met um, when I first came into uh, the district, and I, I still owe you a visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to fill out my car to to join, so I I, I will be doing that before the the, the end of the year. Um, so I, I really I really appreciated um, the hospitality and just the the knowledge that you shared uh, with regards to. Uh, the history of the le- uh, the Legion uh, when I first came here. And so at the beginning of uh, um, the, the podcast, I, I gave a, a brief history uh, of, for all three of you. And so um, could you share with me, uh, Laura, and this is a question that I'll ask uh, to all three of you, you know, why join the military? To be honest, I joined because I needed a way to help pay for college. And I had a job between my junior and senior year of high school where somebody had just gotten back from basic training and she was telling me, oh, you can do it, you know, and you can't believe how much they actually will help you pay for college. And so I, her brother was the recruiter and I met with him like the following week and I was like, yeah, I want to try it. I want to challenge myself. And I knew I needed a way to help pay for college. And so that's really the ultimate reason why I joined. Okay. Major? <laughs> so my, my story is actually uh, a quite funny um, in a sense because, you know, my dad uh, served for over 30 years between the, the Iowa National Guard and the U.S. Army Reserves. And he was actually uh, a Title X Active Guard Reservist with the Army Reserves. Uh, and, and the time when I was a, you know, a the second semester of my junior year in high school, I was getting recruiters to call me all the time because they knew that my dad was, was wearing a uniform. And uh, I, I, I wasn't interested. I, I, I was like, I'm going to college. I'm going to play basketball. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to join. Just leave me alone. You know, all this sort of stuff. And uh, they didn't leave me alone until, until after, uh, you know, that second semester of my senior year when, when I was going to college. Well, I, uh, I went to Waldorf uh, College up in Forest City right out of high school. And, uh, you know, at that time, Pell Grants were, were a very popular thing for financial aid. Um, you know, unfortunately, my parents were divorced, uh, still very much, you know, part of my life. But, uh, you know, so I, I received a bunch of Pell Grants to go to Waldorf. And at that time, Waldorf was a, a two-year liberal college. Um, because I was a Lutheran, I got some other financial aid by being a Lutheran as well. Well, um, Little did we know at the time, but my mother got remarried right before I went to Waldorf. And the, right during that first semester at Waldorf, I was loving life. I, I was, you know, getting ready for basketball season to start. And uh, my mom called me up one night, and she was sobbing because uh, all the Pell Grant that I was receiving for financial aid was going away because wow. of her of her marriage, of her, of her being remarried. And so uh, I ended up leaving Waldorf that semester 
um, not not by choice, but just because I wasn't going to take out a whole bunch of loans. Right. Went back to Eagle Grove, my hometown, and uh, I'm sitting there. Um, I'm working for this industrial um, uh, construction company called Equimco. And I'm getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, not getting home until 8 o'clock at night, and, uh, you know, not enjoying this whatsoever. And uh, one of my best friends, uh, uh, Dad, who was the, the local readiness NCO in Eagle Grove, uh, one Saturday um, as I'm sitting in the living room, he says, you and I need to talk. And uh, he pulled me in, and uh, um, he said, uh, you're not going to go down this path. I'm not going to let you. So uh, here, here's your choices. You go down this path and it doesn't doesn't work out for you, or you you know you join the guard and, and we help you pay for college and get back to to the school that you want you want to where do you want to go? And so I was like, all right, you got me. So on January third of ninety three, I raised my right hand and swore to defend the Constitution of the United States and and got a ten thousand dollars student loan repayment plan and the, the GI Bill and and uh, I was going to do the six years and get out and. Here I am, you know, almost 30 years later, and I'm still doing it, and I, and I love every minute of it. So who would have thought that uh, the, the Pell Grant going away would have got me to join the, the, the military? Right. The 90s seems like, like it was yesterday to me. <laughs> right, right. So, Wayne, your story's a little different. Um, you, you didn't choose to enlist. You were drafted. But, you know, once in, what did being in the military mean to you? Well, I was surrounded by a lot of the guys who had been in Vietnam and stuff when I was overseas, and it was just a different experience, and, and actually going through boot camp in the Marine Corps was just a eye-opening experience where I, I realized <laughs> I could do a lot of things I never had a clue that I could do, and I came out a different person, and um, I really, it, being in the Marine Corps, is, you know, it's still, once you're in the Marine Corps, you're always a Marine, so it was always good. That's right. Um, but I kind of decided uh, I was ready to go back to civilian life. And the one thing we had is um, with Vietnam and the anti-Vietnam protests and everything going on, you know, we were actually told don't go into airports with our uniforms on and that kind of stuff when we traveled. So it was a different different experience for us back then. Mm-hmm. But I was, I you know, got out of the service and um, signed up to go back to college when I was overseas and uh, got out a month early to start college again, and I used the GI Bill, which was a great uh, asset for me to help pay for my college. So I have no regrets that I was in the service. Uh, again, I was one of the very last guys to be drafted, and a buddy talked me into going in the Marine Corps with him, so that's how I ended up there. But <laughs> I have no regrets about being in the Marines. No, absolutely not. And so um, I was one of those students um, in high school. I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. I was in all the sports football, basketball, track, um, never home. Um, but um, when it was time for me to graduate, I, I really didn't have a plan for, for what I wanted to do after high school. And so uh, similar to, to you, Major, I had someone sit me down and you know talk about which path I, I wanted to take. Did I want to go, go and work at the, the, the mall uh, where where all the high school graduates went, or did I w- really want to do something with my life? Um, go to college, or you know, go to the military? And I didn't think that I was ready to go to, go to college because I just thought that I was waste my waste my mom's money. And so I I wanted to uh, put myself through college and you know do it my own way. And so I I chose to uh, join the Marine Corps. 
and uh, similar to Wayne, um, uh, those life lessons that you learn in boot camp that that, that start you off um, with regards to you know how you're going to conduct yourself and operate, um, you know, um, you know, to be successful while you're in the military, I think have paid dividends for me uh, up until this point in, in, in my current position. And so, Major, you, you talked a little bit about um, your father influencing you with regards to, you know, choosing to join the military. Uh, Wayne or Laura, did, did you have any other family members that were in the military that, you know, ha- had an impact on your decision or uh, you were able to sit down with and you know talk about the decision? Definitely. So my dad was also drafted at the end of Vietnam. He didn't end up going. He was in stationed in Pennsylvania for a couple of years. And then my grandfather that I mentioned, he was in World War II. And then I also had two cousins serving out of the 2168 transportation unit with me. So they definitely influenced my decision on joining the military. My dad was not keen on it, though. I will say that he was not happy that his daughter was going to be joining. But now he's he's happy that I served and it it went well. And I'm so proud of the years that I did Absolutely. serve. Wayne? You know, like I said, my dad was in both World War II and then he got caught back for uh, Korean War. And so, and a lot of his brothers and my mom's brothers were all in World War II type area too. So I was very familiar with the military. When I told my dad that you know I was drafted and, and okay, and then I told him I joined the Marine Corps, he was kind of mad at me. He was a little upset. What the hell are you thinking? But um, he supported me all the way, and uh, it was you know it's just the thing you did and back then. <laughs> Major, was anyone else in your family in the military? Yeah, so um, my grandpa, uh, my mom's dad, uh, Del Deicher, he was kind of a unique experience. He he joined the Merchant Marines, mm. which you don't think of. Uh, you know, they're a part of the Navy, but they're they're kind of they were a separate entity back you know in World War II, and uh, so he was on a ship, a big ship that uh, you know salvaged or saved you know ships that got shot down or or, or torpedoed or whatever. Um, and so, uh, you know, and what was unique was, is that neither my grandpa nor my dad ever really talked to me about joining the military. Mm. Um, I guess it was one of those things they wanted me to figure that out for myself. So I, they didn't influence me in that way. I mean, I, I would see all their decorations and, you know, I'd help my dad shine his boots before his weekend drills, yeah. you know, when I was a kid growing up. So, I mean, I was a part of that, but it, there was no influence, uh, really by either one of them. And then once I did join, they're like, you know, this would be the best decision you've ever made. Shocking. (laughs) Absolutely. And so, unfortunately, similar to Laura and Wayne, um, during my senior year, I I turned 18. And so I waited in in December of my senior senior year. I waited until I turned 18 to enlist, but I didn't tell my mom. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I enlisted, and I, um, I, I remember the recruiter's name, Staff Sergeant Woods. I said, Staff Sergeant, I, I need you to come home with me so so I can tell my mom. <laughs> um, for those listeners um, that are thinking about joining the military, I don't recommend you ever do that. Um, involve your family in those uh, those types of decisions. But similar to Laura um, and Wayne, uh, it was a decision that I, I, I've never uh, regretted. Um, I've had a, Yesterday, I actually had an opportunity to meet with uh, Centennial's um, girls track team. And I, I talked a little bit 
Um, the theme that they wanted me to talk about was being hungry, working for what you want in life. And I, I drew a lot of connections to me being in the military. And so I'm, I'm really interested, um, Major, in, you know, with being in the military, you know, what, what, what should students that are thinking about the military or, or considering uh, military life know about the military and how, is, and how it might have an impact on their life? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Dr. Pruitt, I mean, the, the, the thing that, the thing that uh, you know, we try to send our message out to, to, you know, to schools and to the communities, you know, is that, you know, we're helping young men and women um, learn how to become leaders of our communities. Um, we still believe in the community-based organizations, even though, you know, it's a little bit different than when it was back when we were, you know, you know when, when Ms. Lichty joined and when I joined, you know, um, where there was community, more community-based, you had people from that town join that unit. Um, but we still kind of believe in that mentality of community-based organizations. And uh, we really want to, really want that message to come out that we're, we're here to help, you know, your son or daughter learn how to become, you know, productive members of society and become leaders. And that's going to help them in the future. Um, and so uh, that's really what we, that's the message that we send. I mean, yeah, there's, there's just a ton of benefits you know, to join in the military, whether it's, you know, if you want to go to a, a school here in the state of Iowa, you know, 100% tuition, you know, 100% tuition, right? You, you can get your school paid for if you go to a school sponsor or state-sponsored school in the Iowa National Guard. Right. Um, you know, you get student loan payments, you get the GI Bill, you get all this stuff. But really our message is, is that, you know, we want young men and women that are excited about, you know, becoming leaders of our communities because we're not getting any younger no. So we, you know, we want our, our sons and daughters or our, our kids that go to school, you know, to, to serve and know what that's like to be, you know, community service and uh, that service, uh, service connection first, you know, and, and then get into society to help, help our communities out along right. the way. So, so Laura, you, you have a u unique perspective because you're actually in the classroom with students. And so, you know, if, if, if your students do know that you've served in the military, you know, and they ask questions about your service, you know, what, what advice would you give them if they're considering that path? Oh, I definitely tell them that it was the best experience of my life. And especially if they don't know what they want to do after college, it's a great way to, to learn different things. And like you said, leadership skills, and it just helps you set goals too. And I, I always introduced myself at the beginning of the year and talked to them about my military service. And it does pique a lot of, you know, kids' interest. Once I say that I was a truck driver, <laughs> they, they're like, wow, you know, a, a teacher here is a truck driver too. So they, they get a kick out of that, and then I show them pictures. But I definitely think it sparks the kids' interest already in middle school. And, and Wayne, um, you know, what advice would you give um, students that you know may, may talk to you about your service or if they're thinking about joining the military? What's well, definitely something you used to think about because there is options and and with the technology and everything that's going on in the world nowadays, it's not like when I was a young kid where you're the infantry grunt with carrying a rifle. It's <laughs> a whole different world out there now, and they need smart, intelligent kids who want to be focused and, and learn a good career path. And it's entirely different, from, like I said, from way back when, when I used to be in the service. The technology has just changed everything, the way uh, battles and or you know, uh, conflicts are fought. So, yeah. 
So in 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 our district, we have um, Orbis, and Orbis focuses on project based learning. And so we have groups of students that that come together and have to work on a team. And so being in the military, you often have to come together with people that you don't know. Um, focused on a mission uh, that you need to accomplish, and so f- you know, for our listeners out there, um, even though even those one, those students that may not necessarily want to go into the military, you know, how important is it to be able to work in teams to ac- to accomplish um, a goal or a mission that you've identified? I'll start with you, Laura. I also tell my students this: you're going to come across a lot of people in life that you may not always get along with, but you do have to learn how to work alongside them. And um, you have to find ways to work together and get past the, the things that you may not like about that person and work together to achieve the goal that you're ultimately getting at. And so they struggle at times, you know, especially at that middle school age. Some of them just want to work independently. I'm going to do it all by myself. And it's something they need as a lifelong skill to be able to work with others. Absolutely. Major? Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, small town, Midwestern Iowa boy, my, as myself going down to, you know, Fort Jackson, South Carolina uh, for basic training and, and meeting a whole array of different people from different backgrounds and uh, it was it was it was scary but the fortunate thing was was that you know I was a you know a four sport athlete in high school Mm -hmm. and I knew what the importance of teamwork was and uh, you know we can all attest that going to basic training you don't you don't succeed at basic training if you don't learn how to be a a teammate in your platoon absolutely Uh, the the drill instructors will, will point you out and they'll they'll make it very rough for you and so, uh, you know, that, that sports background really helped me, you know, get through that aspect of being around people that I have never, I'd never met before uh, in a place where I'd never been before. Uh, as a matter of fact, going to South Carolina was the first time out of the state of Iowa for me. So uh, imagine that as, a, as an 18-year-old, 18-year-old young man uh, being away from mom for the first time. So uh, um, the teamwork aspect was very important. You learned right away that, you, you know, you all are all in it together. It's not. It's it's one for all, all for one kind right. of a thing. So yeah, Wayne, uh, you worked for Mid American, and so any lessons that you learned from your days in the military with how you had to work uh, with uh, with your career with Mid American? Well, it again, comes right back to the teamwork where you have to have common goals uh, with, as a company and or as individuals. You got to work towards goals and stuff, and that was very much the focus in all your boot camp training and everything else. It's just goal orientation and, and solving all the problems together in a group. And it's the military really gives you the background to uh, to think like that. And so, um, again, I, I met with uh, the girls track team at, at Centennial. And uh, at the end, they were able to ask some questions. And I'm going to ask a question that, that I received from from one of the young ladies. And uh, this young lady asked me, how can I increase my confidence as a leader? And so I'm, I'm going to pose that question to all three of you, and I'm, I'm going to start with you, Wayne. And so if, if, I, if I want to Im- improve my leadership skills, how do I increase my confidence, and w- what does that actually mean to you? Well, to increase your confidence, you got to start believing in yourself and realizing that you can do these things. And uh, uh, being in the military, like I said, that was just kind of an eye-opening experience for me, being a, a young kid in Iowa and 
technology in the world's changed from from you know 50 years ago that I went in the service so I was really more isolated than the kids are today where they see instantly things all over the world it was a different world back then and to go um, go to San Diego and go through boot camp and stuff and you you just learned right away to to know what you can do and you can do more than what you think you can do and then you just continue to build on that progress and uh, work with others to you know to get your goals done major you know for me uh it, it's it's the will to learn and and i think what makes us good leaders is is that we put ourselves out there we become vulnerable in instances where um you know we're not comfortable with doing something and so uh um how we how we get get comfortable is by doing it and and being a leader doesn't necessarily you know it's not yelling and screaming and and you know and and hey look at me kind of a thing it's it's being a part of something bigger than yourself and doing what you have to do to help you know that team or 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 that job or that business or whatever be successful and uh it's getting out of our comfort zone and knowing that we've got some things that that you know we are good at and some things we aren't good at well, if we're good at it, if we only focus on those good things, how do we get better, you know, in the long run? So, um, yeah, it's just being vulnerable and, and allowing yourself, you know, the opportunity to learn. Laura? I often say mistakes are proof that you're trying and you learn from your failures. And I work with a lot of special needs students and a lot of times they're, you know, afraid to even start something because they are afraid of that failure but I said no it's okay to fail I said you're you're needing to learn you need a growth mindset you can do it you just have to set your mind to it that you can do it it might take more work for you to do it but you can ultimately accomplish your goal you have to have that growth mindset you have to have that I can do attitude when you're faced with something that is difficult and you come across it yeah, we don't we don't fail, we learn. Say that again. We don't fail, we learn. Absolutely. And so you know this this idea of of being a leader. Uh, I, I get this question a lot from from students and sometimes adults. And knowing that in the military you're not always you're not going to be immediately put into a leadership position um, where you're leading men and women. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time when you first get in, you have to lead yourself, right? And so before you become a leader, I'm, I'm, I'm a switch up the question that the young lady asked me. How can you be? How can you be a good follower in order to set yourself up to be a good leader? I'll start with you, uh, Major. So, I was fortunate enough to take uh, 89 brave men and women over to Afghanistan as their company commander. Um, we unfortunately came back with 88, and and so, you know. I had to make decisions as their commander that were maybe not favorable by the masses, but we had to do it in order to accomplish the mission. At the same token, what, what made us successful was is that I could also sit back and let my platoon leaders and my platoon sergeants and even my soldiers have a say in, in things that we needed to do. Because you know what? I wasn't the most experienced one, even though I was out in front of the formation. Mm -hmm. I had electricians. I had, uh, um, you know, people that knew how to fix weapon systems. I had, you know, diesel me engine mechanics that were very smart. So I provided with, I provided them with, you know, the opportunity, and then it was their job to, to tell me if I was 
right or if I, or if I was on or if I was off. Mm -hmm. And so uh, having that shared understanding, that shared knowledge, I really think uh, is what makes leaders uh, successful is because they have the ability to listen and to be a follower when it's time for them to follow. So that's really connected to what you said about learning from failure. Yes, sir. Yes, absolutely. Laura, again, unique position with working with students um, where in adolescent students at that. And so, you know, how do you help them understand that even if they're not in a leadership title position, um, how to set themselves up to be a leader eventually? I'd say surround themselves with people that they do view as leaders. And um, especially at the middle school level, I said th those are years that are so important and the friends that they choose to hang around with and um, surround themselves with, that will ultimately help them determine their path of which direction they're gonna go because if they're friends with those that are leading, they're going to head in the right direction. If they're friends with those who are choosing the wrong things and they just wanna follow those, then their path is not going to be as good as what it would if they choose their friends wisely and those that are leaders in the class. And, and Wayne, I'm sure that, um, your time in industry when you were working for uh, Men American, you saw a lot of young adults come into the company. Um, some were successful, some some weren't. And so, you know, what advice would you give young people with regards to um, how to follow uh, the people that they're working with and how to uh, learn from them in order to be um, better um, leaders in the future? Well, one of the things you're taught in the military is respect, and that just helps to build upon, you know, respect the people you're working with and learn from them and and try to teach and then just continue to, to build on that. And respect both yourself and other people really, is, uh, really helps you get going. And the other thing that we always were taught in the Marine Corps is adapt and overcome. Mm. You know, think about the problem adapt and what you got to do to overcome that problem. I mean, that's, that's the main focus, how to, to get better in leadership and any other goal you need to do. And what's interesting about failure is if you have this mission you know, or goal that you've set and you don't accomplish that mission or goal, it's, it's really in how you reflect on why you failed and come up with a different plan around how to attack um, that, that problem. I think that's really applicable in school when we have our, our students who may not necessarily be as successful um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a course um, or on a test. Um, and so how do you help them persevere through um, setbacks, um, Laura? I often uh, just say you can't give up. It, you have to continue it's going to be hard. There's going to be a lot of hard times and you have to reach out to those around you to help you, whether it be your parents, whether it be another peer that could help you, or there's several teachers in this district that are willing to, you know, work extra hours to help students get to where they need to be. And developing those relationships is key for students to be successful. Major, this idea of perseverance, so what does, what does that mean to you and how is that connected to your experience in the military? Yeah, and so, you know, it's amazing how uh, a lot of the stuff that we learn in, in Army doctrine, uh, you know, applies to life um, because, you know, again, decisions we make are, are sometimes a matter of life or death. And, and so, uh, 
you know, f- there are four words that, that we use, uh, you know, as leaders that help us get, you know, you know, get to accomplishment of a mission. And that's, you know, that's planning, that's preparing, that's executing and then assessing. Mm. So after you, after you perform the, the mission or the task at hand, you gotta, you gotta evaluate, say, what, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? And then you learn from that and then you, you, you go to the next thing because it's going to happen again. So, um, you know, yeah, perseverance is, is something that, that we get taught, you know, right away in basic training that, you know, you're, you're, you may not be the best at running two miles, but if you stick with it and if you try, if you train, if you plan and you prepare, right. you know, when you, it's time to execute, you're going to find, you're going to see the results. Um, you know, the army's evolving, um, even to this day. And, uh, we see it in the news and we see it. I mean, you know, all the things that are going on, all the, all the branches of service are, are evolving. We have to, we have to adapt. Um, and so, uh, you know, to get us, you know, more mentally ready, you know, we've changed our, the way we do physical fitness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm training right now to do this army combat fitness <laughs> test and I'm 47 years old and my, my body doesn't quite move the way it used to. And so, uh, you know, I, I know that I have to prepare otherwise, I'm, I'm going to fail right. and, and failure is not an option. So, uh, I've got three boys that, that, you know, they like to give me a hard time because I'm getting old. And <laughs> so I try to stay up with them as much as I can. So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the, 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 I'm, I'm really interested, um, for our students that, that may listen to the podcast that again, perseverance, you know, that plan, the, the strategies that you just laid out with regards to, you know, if you have a, a goal um, that you've set um, around um, attacking it um, in a strategic way and not being haphazard around attempting to um, uh, reach the goals that, that, that you set. And so, uh, you know, when we think about um, being veterans, um, every, every person that's served in the military experiences being a veteran in a, a different way. And so, and so Wayne, um, you know, what has, you touched on it a little bit as far as, you know, you joining, uh, uh the military, uh, during the Vietnam era and how the, those service, um, men and women came back, uh, to the States and how they were received. What has being a veteran meant to you, um, over the years? It's, it's been kind of eye-opening just to realize how few of us there really are when you start looking at it. And then, uh, it's, been very grateful or it's been a lot better recently with Afghanistan and that kind of stuff where you know I went for 20 years where nobody really said anything on Memorial Day or Veterans Day to you and then nowadays you walk by and people thank you being in the service they if you're wearing something uh you know that you know a hat or something they people come up and say thank you for your service and nobody ever used to do that so it's it's um it's gotten very great you know a lot more grateful nation out there it seems like and, and that's a good thing yeah. major i know it's hard to believe but but i'm a i'm kind of humble about this um and i and the reason why i am is because you know uh you know we're a volunteer force now and so uh you know when we when we sign up to do this um you know unlike wayne who was you know told to do this right uh you know uh there is an appreciation out there that that's just overwhelming and and it's it's hard for me um uh you know to to be out in public and you know people that know me and they say thank you for your service you know and i'm very very appreciative but i'm also very humble about it because of what happened with our vietnam veterans Mm -hmm. 
And so, uh, you know, it's important, and I'm glad that it's changed, that, uh, you know, all of our veterans are getting the, the, the gratitude that, that I feel that they deserve. Um, and so, uh, you know, I mean, I wear my Red Bull hat everywhere, uh, <laughs> you know, because that's who I deployed with was right. the Red Bulls. Um, you know, I'm a Red Bull now. Uh, you know, I'll probably retire as a Red Bull. Who knows? Um, you know, it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, I, I help out with the football team at Ankeny High. Okay. And, uh, you know, majority of the coaches, uh, they received a Red Bull hat for me when I was over in Kosovo. And uh, what's neat is, is they wear it all the time. And they don't have to. Right. But uh, so that's the, that's the humble piece of it that I, that I truly appreciate. And these guys, these guys are appreciative of the sacrifices that we've all made. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm humbled, very humble, very grateful. Thank you. Laura? I'm just honored to be a veteran. I'm proud of the time that I spent in the Army National Guard. And my husband also just retired a couple of years ago. He Congratulations. served 25 years, yeah. and that's how we met. And so I'm, I don't know, I just have a lot of good to say about the military. And I am proud to share that with my students and anyone that asks. It's Again, I am humble about it. I am not, you know, just going to tell anybody I meet that I'm a veteran, but at the same time, I'm, I'm so proud of my service. And, and to Laura's point, I mean, if, if somebody asks me about it, I'll talk their ear off about it. Right. Um, I'll promote, I promote the Iowa Army National Guard and all the value that it brings uh, to our communities and to our, 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 our young men and women or anybody that's, that, that's wanting to serve. I'll talk your ear off. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be 50 uh, pretty soon, and I find myself getting more and more sentimental, sentimental about my service. And then when I run across, um, come in contact with people that that have served or, or are still serving. Um, you had mentioned earlier, uh, Major, about uh, this idea of the military instilling uh, service, the concept of concept of service, um, servant leadership. And for me, in uh, my roles, my different roles in education, I've really taken that to heart because I, I really feel that this is a job of service and how we choose to engage our parents, how we choose to serve our students, to set them up for success uh, when they leave um, our, our district. I, I, I take very seriously. And so um, like all of you, I, I also don't, advertised that I was in the military, um, but um, I'm really um, glad to be around uh, men and women that have been in the military because we, although we may uh, have served in different branches, we all have very similar stories <laughs> that we can share and con connect with. And so you know, being a veteran for me, it, it just seems to uh, mean more and more as I, as I get older, especially with some of my uh, brothers and sisters that are still in the military. I, I, I had um, uh, one, one of my closest friends just retired from the Navy. Um, and it's just like we were together in San Diego last week where we just pick, we can just pick up a conversation and um, as if we never missed a beat. So it, it, I just really in, um, am grateful um, to having been able to serve my country. Um, but now very grateful uh, to be to be able to serve um, uh, the, the city of Ankeny and more importantly, our students here um, in the district. Um, so <clears throat> I also um, wanted to, to just uh, talk about 
um, this idea um, uh, we, we see flags being being uh, displayed all, all around um, our, our city and in our in our schools. You know, so you know when you see the the American flag, you know what what is that? What's one word or one phrase? You know, what does that mean to you when, when you see the American American flag um, being displayed? Um, I I still get choked up, you know, and all the time when I see that, and uh, it's it's important to me, and uh, like I said, chokes me up. Major, think about the the hundreds of thousands, if not more, of Americans that have laid down their lives for that flag. It blows me away yeah. that you know one one insignificant you know moment of my life you know where I've served you know for for almost thirty years and and uh, it's it just I see that I see that flag and it, it just it's I see it blown in the air um, you know it it just means everything it just means everything it's pride it's it's honor it's courage it's sacrifice I mean there are so many so many words that come into play for that flag and uh oh i i honor the heck out of it i really do yeah laura <laughs> i agree honoring it and just the sacrifices before us and just images in my mind of battlefields carrying the flag and um just you know making sure we pass that on to our own children and let they know the stories that we've been through and our ancestors have been through to get them the freedoms that they have currently because the freedoms we have are definitely not the freedoms that we saw in Kuwait and Iraq and Afghanistan. So freedom. So I, I, I want to help Wayne. Well, I, was, I was just going to add like um, a month ago or so we did a, a funeral for a Korean War veteran who passed away, and we uh, folded the flag, presented it to the widow, and did the 21-gun salute and everything. Mm -hmm. And then after the service was over and the family was meeting with us, they all just came up and, you know, thanked us profoundly and you know, said how much they thought their father would love having that for him. So it's it's it gets to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so Wayne, um, I'm committed to helping us um, increase membership at the American Legion. And so for our veterans out there in Ankeny, how might they get involved in joining the American Legion? Well, you can you can go to the AmericanLegion.org and, and enroll online. You can uh, join Post 42 in Ankeny. Uh, if you're a veteran of foreign wars, you can jo join them with the VFW also. But it's real easy for any veteran to go out there uh, all you have to have been is in the service and, you know, just show your DD-214 and, and you're in. Thank you. And so I want to thank uh, Major uh, Sandvig, um, Wayne Rude, and Laura Lichty for joining me today and joining us to talk about uh, Memorial Day and military service. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for this episode of We Are Anchor. We are Anchor. Thank you for listening to the We Are Ankeny podcast, the official podcast of Ankeny Community Schools. 